Well, good morning, everyone, again. And I forgot to say this earlier um, to the, the two of you in the room. Happy Mother's Day. Um, and also, if you're listening in online, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Um, so if your mom is around, like, make sure you let her know it's in Ireland. Anyway, happy Mother's Day and a few other places. So we're very thankful for, for all of our moms. Quite literally, without you, we wouldn't be here. Uh, so uh, we're, we're just grateful for that. So today we are continuing in the series called New Life. And I actually find it extremely ironic that today we're talking about rest, the day that we lost an hour of rest. Um, like I just... We didn't actually plan that. That just ended up happening, and I just thought it was really ironic that today is the day that we end up talking about rest. And so we're going to be looking at what God is teaching us in one of the ways that we can figure out this, this rhythm of life. And so a few of you in the room, thankfully not many, have had the unjoyful experience of seeing me dance. Um, it is not very good. Uh, is, we've had a wedding here before, and like, I'm just, I'm not very good at dancing. I can do the worm, kind of, and like, that's all that I've got. And the thing is, if you go into a couple hour dance, like, you can't do that for a few hours. Like, you're going to be out of luck. And like, I just have no rhythm at all. Like, I'll just kind of look around and see what other people are doing. Okay. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try that. And then like the song will change. And I'm like, oh, I can't keep doing that anymore. And like, I, I'm, I'm terrible at dancing. Not only is it painful for me, it's painful for other people to see. Like, it's just, it's not very good. I don't know if you guys have seen Seinfeld, but there's a quote from Seinfeld where George is talking about Elaine and he says, Elaine dance. It's more like a full body dry heave set to music. That's me. Like when I try to dance, like that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. Like, it's just not very good. I, I just, I don't have the rhythm. And I just, I can't really enjoy the, the dances. I can't really enjoy that. And like, when it's time to dance at weddings, I'm like, do we have to? Like, Tiffany likes to do it and she's got more rhythm than I do. And it's like, do we really have to do this? And I just, it just, it just looks bad. And though, as I think about this, I think sometimes that's the way it is with our faith, right? Where we fail to like live out these rhythms that we've been talking about in our lives. We fail to live out these rhythms that we're supposed to be living, whether it's our, our body or our mind or our abiding or our relationships, where like things just start getting a little messy. Like things just don't look very good. It is painful for us. It's painful for other people. It just doesn't seem to go the way it should go. And guys, when I go to a dance, I look around and I'm like, okay, it has to be better than what I can do. Like there has to be more to this. It's got to be better. You ever felt that way with our faith? Like you just look around at their faith and it's like, there's got to be more to it than this. Like there's got to be something more. There's got to be something better. And so we're spending our time talking about these rhythms of life to be able to experience the, the new life, the real life that Jesus has to offer us. And today, as we've already said, it's the rhythm of rest. And Jesus speaks about that in, in Matthew 11. I love what the, the way the message version says this. It, it says this. It says, Jesus writes, are you tired? Yeah. Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You guys catch those statements? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
live freely and lightly. Like, that's, that's pretty inviting. That's a beautiful promise. That's something I think a lot of us want. Like, why would we choose to be stressed out, burnout, overworked, overwhelmed, exhausted, and tired when we can have real rest? When we can have life that is light and free? And if you guys look around, like, you know this, like, our world, it seems to be almost set in opposition to, to rest. Like, you, you guys have done this before. You'll, you'll meet someone on the street. You've seen, maybe it's someone you haven't seen in a while. You'll come up to them, like, hey, how's it going? Or what you been up to? And like, ah, staying busy. And it's almost like, okay, well done. They'll pat you on the back. Now you're doing something with your life. You're busy. Great job. And like, this is kind of the way that our world works, like, Man, I just jotted down a few of the statements that, that we say uh, like, about like, this lack of resting. And it seems like our world like, glorifies these. Um, so here, here's a few that I wrote down. We can easily come up with more. But burning the midnight oil, burning the candle at both ends. Like, I, I think there's something to be said for like, burning and working too much. Um, all work, no play. Making up for lost time. Staying ahead of the game. Overworked and underpaid. Amen to that, some of us. Yeah, um, I'll rest when I'm dead. Like, here, these are some of the statements like we hear. We could easily come up with like probably 20, 30, 40 more about these. And, and like, there's just these, these ideas in our world. It's just like, what, why, do we need, why do we need to rest? Like, look around. Our culture and our world, it is going at a frantic, a fast, a nonstop pace. And just because our world is doing that doesn't mean that we should be doing that. Just because our world is racing from one place to another, just because our culture says, go here, go here, go here, go here, and then when you don't have time, go here. And just like, this, just because our world is saying that doesn't mean that we have to do that. I mean, just think about these things that we have at, the, at our fingertips. We have 24-hour news cycles. Like, we don't have to wait for the 6 o'clock news anymore. Like, we could just pop on the internet. We could go see what is going on. Like, we don't have to wait for primetime TV to show up, like we can just pop on Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus and we can watch our show whenever we want. Like if our friends in Ireland are asleep, guess what? I'll just go on, I'll get on Instagram or I'll talk to my friends in America. And if they're asleep, I'll talk to my friends in Australia. It's like, there's this 24 hour thing, like it's nonstop. And this is what the world is doing. And Jesus is letting us know, hey, there's a better way than that. There's more to life than that. There is something that is so much greater, something that is so much better than that, because if you're like me, like sometimes, like I'll just look at my WhatsApp messages or I'll look at my Facebook messages and I'll just like, I don't want to catch up with these. I don't want to just spend my time messaging and sending all these messages back because it can just be overwhelming. And Jesus is saying like, we don't have to run at that pace. We don't have to continue going at that pace. We can slow down. Listen to what Jesus says again. Slow down and take a real rest. Watch how I do it. Keep company with me and live light and freely. What I love about this is like, there's not some secret formula to, to this. There's not just some like, okay, if you go to this mountain and you cross your legs a certain way and you, you eat this grass that's there, then you can obtain how to, how to have rest. No, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to show you how to do it. He, he gives us this idea. And I just want to raise a hand. How many people would like a life that was light and and free. Anybody, anybody think that sounds good? Anybody in here like the idea of real rest? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the good thing is we find rest as we live the way of Jesus. 
we find rest as we live the way of Jesus. Rest is the way of Jesus. This is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 11. It's like, come with me. Watch how I do it. Watch the way that I live, and then we can have real rest. And here's the cool thing is like this rhythm of life, this rhythm of rest, it goes all the way back to the beginning. Like literally page two of the Bible, beginning. Seventh day of creation, of the existence of the world, of the beginning that we see. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter two. Let's flip to Genesis two. We can, we can read this uh, together. Starting in verse one of Genesis two and in verses uh, one, two, and three. Here's, here's what it says. It says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day that he rests from all of creation. Catch this. Even God rests. Like, I, I'm willing to bet that creating the world was exhausting. I'm, ready, I'm willing to bet that would be exhausting. Like, Tiffany and I have been building this, like, climbing set, climbing frame for Ava. And I don't do manual work anymore, really. And, like, just on Thursday, after having, like, four hours of doing this, like, my shoulders, my back, everything just ached. Everything just hurt. And, like, so, like, God creates the world in seven days, and he's like, okay, now it's time to rest. And this word rest, I think, is one that's got, like one that we don't always like think about, or one that we don't always completely understand. Because when I, when Tiffany and I get up in the morning, we'll ask, "Hey, how'd you sleep?" And I'll be like, "Well, I just I didn't really rest very well." And so maybe we start to con we connect rest with sleep. But I think a better way to understand this word is the word cease, or or stop. And so on the seventh day, God, He stops. On the seventh day, he ceases. Because sleeping 24 hours, probably not very good for you. But having this time of just stopping, of ceasing, to just, just quit doing what you normally do and rest. This is what we do. And it says he, he, he ceases, he stops from all his work. Now, I just want to make sure, make a little caveat here. Like, we don't want to make sure, we don't take this over literal. Like, it's not, if you're a parent, it's like, okay, on the seventh day, I don't have to feed my kids. I don't have to change their nappies. I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's not, what, that's not what we're getting at here. But we're getting at this idea of, like, we rest, we cease, we stop, we take a break, we breathe. And so the biblical word for this is Sabbath. And so we find this once every week, and there is nothing like this day on the calendar. Once a week, like God it literally says he makes it holy. He sets it apart. He makes this day special over any other day. It's like this is, this is the day. And friends, there is a difference between a day off and a Sabbath. And I think this is important for us. A day off, we go to the grocery store. On the day off, we clean the house. On the day off, we, we do our honeydew list. On the day off, we do all those things that we haven't done that we were supposed to do throughout the week. That's, that's a day off. Sabbath is not that day. Sabbath is where we, where we what? We cease. We stop. We breathe. We take some time and we just enjoy life. And here's the thing. I found this true in my life and maybe you can as well. Is Sabbath might be the most simple to understand rhythm of life, yet the most difficult to implement. I, mean, I don't have to spend a lot of time describing to you what it means to stop. 
I don't have to spend a lot of time for us to, okay, let's go through this deep discussion about what rest is. Like, we don't have to do that. Like, we can kind of grasp that. Like, it's easy enough to understand. But when it comes to implementing this in our lives, like, this is incredibly, incredibly difficult. I think we would all probably agree we need more rest. I think all of us would say, yeah, sign me up for that. Like, I need that. I think all of us would say that. But if you're like me, the question is, okay, okay I, I know I need rest. I know I need to take this day of rest. Where do I fit that in on my busy schedule? How can I, how can I pencil in rest with everything else that's going on in my life? Like, how in the world can I add another day, the Sabbath, a day of rest, in my already, like, crazy schedule? Like, we start with, like, okay, I know I need to do this, but doing it, is a whole different thing. It becomes even more, more difficult. And I'll be really honest with you guys. Like, I do not rest well. I do not cease well. I do not stop well. And here's the thing, like, I have a, I'm a, I'm a type A personality. You guys probably know this. Like, I, I like, I schedule out my day 30 minute increments at a time. Like, I love, like, so I can be most efficient and most effective. Like, this is just the way that I do. And then, then when we go to sit down at night, I'm like, oh, I haven't folded the clothes. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And like, I just don't stop very well. My dad was the same, my dad is the same way. Like, he doesn't stop well. And, and like, so I think about this and I think about my life and like, I'm just not very, very good at it. Back in October through like November, there was road work going on. You guys probably remember this. There was road work going on from like our house to all the way into Galway. And there were three different stops from my house and before you got to like the Westwood house or whatever that is now, the Westwood student accommodations. Three different stops. And you know, like undoubtedly, you hit all three. And so we'd be going into Galway, like a trip that should take us like 20 to 25 minutes. It would be like 45 minutes to an hour because you'd hit one and you'd sit and you'd wait and then you'd hit another one and you'd sit and you'd wait and finally you can see it you're almost there and then you get stopped at another one and you'd sit and you'd wait and I just remember like this was getting to be a really infuriating process I was like I should not have to be in the car an hour to get to Aldi and Galway like this should not be happening but like one of these times I was driving home and thankfully the road work was done like for the night and I was driving home but there was this, this flashing sign that says slow down road work ahead expect delays. And like for some reason, that sign, it really set me off. I was like really mad at that sign. I was like, no, I do not want to expect delays. No, I do not want to slow down. Like maybe if you guys would figure this out and only have one road work at a time, that would be fine. Let's quit doing three at the same time. And I, I was like, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to expect delays. I've got people to see. I've got stuff to do. Like I want to get home. I want to do this. Like I don't want to expect delays. And there was even a song here at church that we sing from time to time called The Joy to Be. And there's a statement in that song that says, steady my pace. And honestly, like, I didn't want to sing that because I didn't want God to do that. I don't want to slow down. And this is just kind of the way it is. But just because, like, this isn't my personality, just because resting is hard for me doesn't mean I don't need it. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it. So it's something that, I, that I'm working on, is I am not going to settle for the full body dry heave set to music. I am not going to settle for the wrong rhythms of life because it's, it's not good. When I cheat the rhythms that God has for us, I'm the one who misses out. My family is the one who misses out. We are the one who misses out. And so this is a thing that I'm working on constantly to, to Sabbath, to, to rest, to do the things that, that, we are going, that I need to do. 
And here's what I think is true. Failing to rest or Sabbath might be the most accepted sin among Christians. You guys think about that for a minute. Failing to rest, failing to Sabbath, this might be the thing that as Christians, that the sin that we accept more than any other. Because when I confess to you guys that, uh, that I don't need, that, I, that I'm not very good at resting, like, you guys didn't roll your eyes at me. Like, Luke, I can't believe you. Like, you, you didn't do that. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I understand. Like, I don't have to justify it. You'll do it for me, right? Because the fact is, like, I, I can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, you're like, yeah, you're a parent. You, yeah, sure. Like, or it's like, oh, I'm a, like, oh, you're a pastor. Like, life, life is busy. It's heading up to Easter. You're prepping for, for interns, starting to work on a new building project, and like all this stuff happening. Yeah, of course, you're not resting well. And you know, if I confess that to you, like, there's no roll of eyes, there's no deep gasp and like disappointment. But if I confess to you, like, I almost accidentally did, but it's not true, like, last two weeks ago about me saying, like, I like Coke. Like, if it was actually cocaine, like, that's not what I like. But, like, I remember the Coca-Cola conversation last week or two weeks ago. But if I confess that to you, that's a whole different thing, right? If I confess that, like, I need to get another job. But, you know, if we confess, like, I'm just not good at resting, you're like, yeah, okay, I get that. And this becomes a thing that we start to accept. The problem is, once again, when we cheat on the way that God, the rhythms of God that he has for us, we miss out. We don't get to experience the life that, that God has for us. And what I love is, is what we're doing when we, when we decide, when we start to rest, we are going back to, to the beginning. We're rediscovering what we were made for. We're reviving, we're, we're returning to the rhythm of life from the beginning. You guys ever have one of these moments where you're like, your, your technology like just completely messes up and you try to turn it off, you turn it back on, it doesn't do it. And you've, then you've got to go and do like a factory reset. You guys ever had one of those? And like, it's frustrating, it's annoying, and you, like, you hope and pray that you've backed your phone up recently. Uh, but you go and you do that, you do a factory reset and it just seems like, oh, okay, that fixed the problem. This is what we're doing when it comes to rest. We're going back to that factory reset. We're going back to the way that we were created. We're going back to the way that we were wired from the very beginning to be people who, who rest, people who, who have this weekly rhythm in our lives. So we've already seen how, how God rests. And let's go ahead and look at the command. So Exodus 20. In Exodus 20, we find one of the two lists of the, the Ten Commandments for us. And so here's, here's what we find. Exodus 20, starting in verse 8 says this, remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth and the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. <coughs> There's a couple of things that I think were just really significant would pop up in this passage. First of all, parents in the room. This is our responsibility to lead our family in this. Here's what it says. He says, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. This includes you, your sons, your daughters. This is our job as leaders of our family to usher in this, 
this rhythm of rest. This is what we are meant to do. This is what we are supposed to do. We are the one who, who are to do this. And notice there's, seven, there's six days for ordinary work. <clears throat> and the seventh day is a different day. We don't do our ordinary work, but it doesn't mean we don't do nothing. It doesn't mean we just, like I said, we don't sleep on the couch for 24 straight hours. What we do is we do our spiritual work. We spend time doing things that are good for our souls. We read the scriptures. We come to church. We worship. We just do the things that we are meant to do and things that, that grow our relationships. We, we get out in nature and experience the creation that God has. Like we, we do the things. We do the spiritual work that is good, good for our souls. And guys, as a church, we have actually failed you in this at a few different times. And so as we're beginning to work through this idea of, of Sabbathing, we begin to work on this idea of this rhythm of life. Like, we just have to apologize as a church. Because there's been times, like, right after, after Sunday, we've had, like, a cleaning day. Or, or right after church on Sunday, we've had, like, meetings for kids' lessons and stuff like that. And our thinking was, okay, people are here. That's convenient. Let's do that. But the reality is... We have done a really bad job of protecting your Sabbath. And for that, we're sorry. And we're going to do better. And we're not going to be doing that because we want this to be something that matters and something that is important. And having meetings, having cleaning days, having stuff like that right after church, after your Sabbath time is like, that's not okay. And so as a church, we, I just want to apologize. Like Stephen feels the same way. So it's not just me, but we just want to apologize to you guys. And we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that anymore because that's not what we're talking about. That's not the rhythm of life that we're meant to be living. And so we're just doing these things that are good for our souls, taking time and maybe it's sitting around in community with one another, just chatting and being encouraged with people who, who believe the same things that we do, or it's getting together and, and praying for one another. It's praying for, for, your, for yourself. It's praying for your family. It's, it's reading the word. It's meditating on scripture. It's, it's praise and it's worship. These things that are, that are really good for our soul. And I think there's part of this command that for me struck me this week that I've never really noticed before. There's this statement here, and in this command it says, you must not work, not your, your slaves, not your children, not the foreigners living among you. And then there's this little statement, or your livestock. You guys catch that? God cares so deeply about our rest that he put this in the rhythm of life for animals as well. Not just us as human. He's like, you know, your livestock, they need a break. They need time to pause. They need time to wait. And it's not only life, or to, to rest, it's not only livestock. But if we flip back a few chapter, or flip to chapter 23, what we're going to find is it's also the land. It's the, the ground in which we plant seeds. They are to rest. So look at Exodus 23. We see this principle pop up again. Exodus 23, verses 10 through 12. <clears throat> plant, your, plant and harvest your crops for six years. But let the land be renewed and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Let the poor among you harvest whatever grows in it. Leave the rest for the wild animals to eat. So the same apples to your the same applies to your vineyards and olive groves. On the sixth day each week, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working. This gives your ox and donkey a chance to rest. And also allows your slaves and foreigners living among you to be refreshed. We also find this in Leviticus 25. 
that God is saying, like, the ground does not need to be worked all the time because it is not going to produce the fruit. It's not going to produce what it is going to be. And the people at this time, like, they were worried about what God was going to do. They were worried, okay, if we don't plant this day, what is, or this year, what is going to happen is God's like, hey, I've got you. On the, eight, on the sixth year, I'm going to give you so much that you're going to have enough to eat for the next year and also have seeds to plant for the year following that. God is like, if you do what I tell you to do, I am going to provide for you. And this is what he's saying for us. Like, if you rest the way that you are meant to, if you do the things that I am calling you to, I am going to take care of you. I am going to provide for you. You're, you are going to be in better shape. And here's, I remember as a, as a, I remember as a teenager, I used to work at a farm. And, and I just remember like the way that we would kind of like alternate fields. So one year we would plant potatoes, the next year we would plant corn in that field, and the next year you'd plant beans, and it would never be the same thing twice. And then off, there was this, this calendar, this, this chalkboard in the office, and it would have which field would be resting at that, that season. And like, they weren't following the Bible, they were just following science, and science backs this up now. Science is like, hey, that is a really good thing to do. And, and this is biblical here, and what we find is we are never as productive without rest. We are never as productive without rest. We may say we are. We may say like, oh, I can push myself. I can do more. We can do more. And science says, no, you can't. You are never as productive without rest. Science says, the Bible says, no, you can't. We were not made to be constantly and consistently going, going. We must stop. We must cease. We must rest. This week, I was, I was reading an article done by Stanford University, and it was talking about the, the productivity of a worker. Now, if I was to ask you, who gets more work done, somebody who works 35 hours a week or someone who works 60 hours a week, before we just had this conversation, you probably would say the person who works 60 hours a week, right? Like, that just makes logical sense. You work more, you get more work done. But here's what they're finding. Is, that's not true. What they're finding is the people who work 35 hours a week actually accomplish more than the people who work 60 hours a week. So what begins to happen as our, as our workload goes up, as our time goes up, our, pro, our productivity plummets. And so you want to get more work done? Work less. Like this is what we're saying here. Like this, is what, this is the conclusion of the article and the study. Is like, and, and companies are figuring this out and like pushing their their, clump, their your employees to work on godly hours, like, it actually isn't productive. They get more done when, we, when they work less. And here's the thing, friends. More is not more. <coughs> more is not better. Like, we may think that way, but, like, the, the, the science, the research, the Bible is telling us this. It's not true. To slow down. And this is, is the way of Jesus. And the rhythm that has been set up from the beginning it's better. Imagine that. The rhythm that God sets up in life is better than this rat race that we run and this exhausting way that we go. And so why do we need this? Why do we need the Sabbath? Like, why do we need this time of rest? To state the obvious, we're busy. Like, we as a, as a culture, we as a people, like, we're busy. It doesn't take a genius. I, I can figure that out. Like, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. We are the most educated, most medicated, most stressed out, most exhausted, most burnout people to ever walk the planet of the, who ever walked this earth. Just, just, just raise your hand for me if you have felt this this week. If any of these are true of you this week, you can just raise your hand. 
Have you felt exhausted, stressed, overwhelmed, unmotivated, fatigued, burnout, running behind, frustrated? I'm just really, I'm just defining my morning for you guys. Like, is this, this is just this morning for most of us, right? Like, we, we feel this, right? The latest research says that three out of five people are, are more tired than they've ever been. And I'm like, are you sure that's it? Because like, I, we feel that, right? Like, deep down, we know that to be true. And reality is, it's, it's not really that deep. Like, we know it. Like, on the surface, we know that to be true. And we are not made to to go nonstop. We are made to rest. We are made to stop. We are all in need of the Sabbath. We are all in need of rest. We are all in need of this time just to cease and to stop. So there's this, there's this specific group of people that science has discovered that live 10 years longer than, than on average than any other group of people. And this group of people is a religious group called Seven-Day Adventist. And here's what ends up happening is seven-day Adventists, they are very, very strict on observing the Sabbath. And so what scientists have figured out is like by taking that one day a week, they're, throughout the rest of their lives, like they're adding 10 years to their life. So if you do the math, 52 weeks a year times a lifetime, what does it equal? 10 years. And so this rest, this idea of rest, like you're getting 10 years more of your life. Like that sounds good. And like that's what we're beginning to see. And it's, it's almost as if God knew that. And God wants this for us. He wants this rhythm of life for us. God in his, his infinite goodness and his grace, he provides us the Sabbath. And here's some of Jesus' thoughts on it. In Mark 2, God, Jesus says this. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And I think that's really important for us is God's, God knew, hey, they're, gonna, they're going to need this. He gives us this day as a gift. He's like, hey, this is a gift for you. This is out of his wisdom and his generosity. He's like, I'm going to give them, I'm going to put in the rhythm of life this day for, for them, for animals, for the, for the land, to rest. And we don't always think of it that way, right? Because we have places to go. We have people to meet with. We have clients to impress. We have deals to close. We have money to make. We've got things to do. And all those things may be good in themselves, but they're not ultimate. And so there's this gift that we've been given, this gift of, of rest, of Sabbath. So clearly, like physically, I don't think I have to convince you that we need to rest. Like I think we all, we all, we all know that. But this isn't just a physical issue. This is a spiritual issue. Let me just ask you a, a few more questions. You don't have to raise your hand here. I just want you to think through these. Because like, the fact is, like, God cares about our bodies physically. But, of course, he cares about our, our souls. He cares about us spiritually. So here's some of the questions I want you to think about. When are you more irritable? When are you less joyful? When are you most snappy? When are you less understanding? When are you more rude? When do you have less patience? When are you more prone to fall into temptation? When are you less kind? When do you tend to make the worst decisions? If you're anything like me, it's when I'm tired. Like when I'm tired, I'm more snappy, I'm less understanding, I'm, I'm less kind. I'm like, I'm, I, when I'm tired, I am less of the person, I'm less willing to be the person that God desires me to be. 
The fruits of the Spirit have a harder time coming out of me when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, when I'm worn out. And maybe you're, maybe you're like me. Because, friends, if we fail to rest properly, we are more susceptible to temptation. Because if we are not resting, we, we, tend, to make, we tend to make worse decisions. If we aren't doing this thing that God has put in our lives, this rhythm of life, it's almost as if like, there's a wedge that's starting to be driven between us and God. And so we find, this, we find ourselves easier falling into temptation. We're more susceptible to falling into temptation. On the flip side of that, a well-rested person, a healthy person, a happy person, is someone who's much harder to tempt. It's someone who's much harder to fall into sin. And so when we're well-rested, love, it comes out easier. Like we know, especially with difficult people. Like if we're tired, it is so hard to love difficult people. But if we're well-rested, like we, it, love flows out of us easier. And if you think about the story in Matthew 4, when Jesus is, is in the desert, he's, he's being tempted. Like Jesus is he's fasting for 40 days. He's, he's praying. He's abiding with the Father. He's spending time with God. He, he, he's Sabbathing. Like he, he's not setting up his carpentry shop in the desert. He's not doing his ordinary work. He's doing his spiritual work, so he's Sabbathing. And then when the devil comes and he tempts him, Jesus is able to withstand temptation because he's been spending this time with the Father. He's been spending this time with God. And, and the same thing is true with us. If we are taking advantage of these days, of these rhythms that we are meant to have in our lives, like we're going to be able to be the people that God desires us to be. And the beautiful thing is like God, he cares about our rest. He cares about us sleeping. He cares about us like being the people that we desire. And in the passage that we read together, Psalm 23, it's one that many of us know. It says this again, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And that phrase, like, he lets me, can also be translated, he makes me. Because I know with my life, that's what I need. Like, I make my kid go to sleep. I was like, no, even if Ava doesn't think she wants to go to bed, I was like, no, you need to go to bed. You need to rest. And this is what God is doing for us. Like, you may think you don't need it, but you do. He makes us lay down. But look where, we, look where he lays us, in green pastures, this place of comfort, this place of peace, this place of protection, knowing that, that he is there, knowing that he is there to look after us. He is there to care for us. He is there to be with us, be there for us. And then if you look at verse 23, or verse 3, it says, He renews my soul. Rest and having this time together is, is renewing to our souls. And so let's just be clear, rest is not just this one time, this once a week thing. Sabbath is something we all should be doing, of course. Like, it's something we all need. But this isn't just one, one time, this isn't just one day thing. We need to be a lifestyle of resting. So some things we could do is go to bed on time. Try to get eight hours of sleep. Like, do things like to prepare yourself for sleep. Like, don't be watching horror movies and go to bed or don't drink a pot of coffee and go to sleep. Like, do these things that are healthy, that produce rest and help us to rest. Take some time. Like, don't try to work through your lunch break. Like, actually take that time off and rest and, and enjoy those things. I know in our lives, like, Tiffany and I, it's, it's funny. I remember as a kid, like, I, did, I hated bedtime. Like, I never wanted to have a bedtime. Now, I, like, I follow my bedtime stricter now than I did when I was a kid. But like when, when, 
we would all, Tiffany and I would always go to bed at 11. Like that was, that was our bedtime when it was 11 o'clock. Let's go to bed, get up at seven like ish. And that would be like our, our, our time. And then we, then we had kids. And what we started to figure out is like, there's a kid in our house, I won't name her, uh, who just doesn't like to sleep in the middle of the night. Like she thinks like, let's wake up six, seven times to have a party in the middle of the night. And we started realizing, hey, even if we're going to bed at 11, it's not working because this kid is gonna wake us up six, seven, eight, nine, 30 times in the middle of the night. And so we started going to bed a little bit earlier. And like sometimes now, it's like, I feel like an old man is like 9.30 hits. And it's like, can we go to bed yet? Like it, 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 that begins to happen is like, you know, this rhythm of life had to change. There had to be some changes in order to be well-rested, to be the people that we were meant to be. And so we see this with Jesus. Jesus also, he rests. But this week, I, I read about a, an incident that happened on British Airways. And, and so here's what happens. After the British Airways flight reached cruising altitude, the captain announced, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain. Captain, Welcome to flight 293, nonstop from London Heathrow to Toronto. The weather is good up ahead, so we should have a smooth, uneventful flight. So sit back and relax and, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And then screams happen and the intercom goes quiet. A few minutes later, like the captain comes back on the intercom, ladies and gentlemen, I am, I'm sorry if I, if I scared you. While I was talking to you, the flight attendant spilled hot coffee on, in my lap. You should see the front of my pants. One Irish passenger in the back yet. All right, so I seriously laughed hysterically when I read that first time. <clears throat> we don't do a good job of relaxing when life gets crazy, right? When things are insane, like we don't do a good job of just resting and relaxing, like, oh, everything's fine. When everything is crazy going on around us, like, and in Mark chapter four, we get my favorite story of Jesus resting and insane, and crazy, and like chaos. These are the words that I would use to describe the story. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 and through 41. Here's what it says. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. <clears throat> but some... But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. And it's a powerful story. <clears throat> Chaos is going on. Craziness is ensuing. And Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. Jesus, he's resting. He's sleeping here. And I think for us, this sets this important question for, for our lives is, is what are we going to do in life? Are we going to go into the boat? Are we going to cling to a life jacket? Or are we going to grab the pillow? Are we going to, when life gets crazy, when busyness starts to surround our lives, when, when insane insanity starts going on, like, are we going to choose to rest with Jesus and choose to rest in him? Or are we going to be, are we going to be insane? Are we going to run and we're going to continue running in this pace and stress out? Grabbing a pillow or, or a life jacket. 
Because friends, when we know who is in the boat with us, it changes everything. When we know that we have a God who's saying, you know, this is the rhythm of life that is good for you. This will bring you, this will bring joy to your soul. This will bring true joy and life to you. When we know that's the God that is for us and in the boat, man, it changes, it changes everything for us. And so what do we do? I think there's a helpful principle for us as we get ready to wrap up in Exodus 16. So if we look at Exodus 16, what we find is, is we find the story of God bringing manna from the sky. And so God brings manna down for people and, and they're eating it. And what we find out though in Exodus 16 verse 22 is, is they are not supposed to pick up. But as much as they need, except for on the sixth day, when they get twice as much. So let's pick up here, verse 22, Exodus 16, 22. <clears throat> On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set, it as set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. In the, and in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath, and there is no food on the ground. Here's, here's the principle. We work to rest. This takes preparation. Having this day of rest is something that we have to prepare for. It's something that we have to work for. It's something we have to be mentally intentional about. This is what we see here is on the sixth day, they went and they gathered twice as much because they knew tomorrow was a day they weren't going to rest. And for some of you, maybe today you're like, okay, I've already messed up. That's fine. Like, but let's start. Make some plans. Like, okay, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to make extra food the night before. So there's plenty of leftovers to eat the next day. Or I'm going to put in the slow cooker all the food that I need, stick it in the fridge, just turn on the knob when I leave, and I'll have a meal ready to go. It's, it's making these preparations that we know. It's like it's seeing, okay, we're almost out of bread. We're almost out of milk. Let me go to the shop the day before so that tomorrow I, I can rest from my ordinary work and not doing these same things. And here's what we're beginning to do. This is what, this is what is happening here. As they, they're planning the Sabbath, this is what God is commanding them, like make preparations now, be intentional now to do the things that you need to do so that you can have this day to, to rest. And so as a family, one of the things that we've started doing is, is Tuesday is, is the day that, that we Sabbath. Because as, as you guys can see on, on Sunday, like I am not resting from ordinary work. Like this is not my day of ordinary work rest. So on Tuesday is the day that we we take a break. We take a Sabbath. We do things that is good for our souls. We hang out as a family. We, we pray together. We pray for one another. We go and get a coffee. We explore. We, we just rest and have just a good time. When, when that morning when we get up, we, we turn off our phones. The pressure of answering messages or, or keeping up with things going on is, is not there. We, we're, we're resting. We're doing these things that are good for us. And we don't have it all figured out. We're, we're still learning as we go along the way. But here's what I found is after doing it, it's like, I want to do it again. There's something incredibly freeing about knowing when you wake up that morning, like today is the day of rest. 
I'm not worried. Like, I'm not going to go and do laundry today. I'm not going to go and do this today. I'm just going, going to rest. And so regardless, like for some of us, like, there is a lot of busyness in our lives. And so as we think about this idea of putting in a day of rest, like it, it's, it's intimidating, it's scary. And for a lot of us, what we need to do is there's some things in our lives that need to be removed. There's some things that we need to take away. Some reprioritizing, some, some reshaping, reorganizing our lives so that we can be the people that God is, is calling us to be. And there may be things we have to get rid of, but it's worth it. Regardless of what you're doing on the Sabbath day, regardless of, of what you decide to do, like how you, how you rest in that way, it's, it'll feed your soul. And when we practice this rhythm of life, we find, we find new life. We find the life that we were meant to, life that is to the full. So are you tired? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll rediscover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will live freely and lightly. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you. God, we thank you for this, this chance that we